heaven high. Hello. <laughs> it's not even rum doings late. I don't know why I did the rum doings late voice. No, I don't know. You were feeling a little frisky for <laughs> a day a with some. It's rum doings episode one hundred and fifty-three. It's you rum doings lunchtime. Tweet us at rum doings. Actually, do that because it's nice occasionally to pull down the refresh option on Twitter and actually see something there. I tried you. I had a look on Tweet to Deck today because I use Tweet Deck for rum doings and for rock paper shotgun. Mm-hmm. Had a look today, and there's not a single stinking tweet in like fifteen days. These people are just awful, <laughs> aren't they? We know there's at least ten thousand of them, and not mm. one stinking one of them sends us a tweet. Be fair though, somebody did send us an email complaining about your wretched choice but of word. They did, Mr. And Chicken. I insulted his mum. It was the best bit. Yes, Mr. Chicken sent that to you, if you remember. Indeed, I like that his surname was Chicken. And he uh, also said that you and Lucy were the same, and I thought that was true. Okay, well, let's do a Radio 2-ish thing now. Okay. Um, Tell me, uh, where did they send that email, John? Okay, thanks very much, Nick. They sent that to podcast at rubdoings.com. Once again, that's podcast at rubdoings.com. Please ask your bill payer before sending an email. We'd be so good on Radio 2. Why? I just don't understand why we haven't been given Saturday mornings on Radio 2. BBC Radio 2. They wouldn't even have to pay for a jingle pack. Exactly. They could save money pressing on that jingle button. Yes. Bet you they have to pay every time they press that because of royalties. (laughs) That's how copyright works. Yes. (laughs) The topic today is, why don't they just concrete over the rivers so that they stop their flooding? I hate it when the topic's something that's... Brilliant. Mm. Oh, well, there we are. Um, so, you wouldn't steal a house. <laughs> I wouldn't download a car. You wouldn't steal a tsar. You wouldn't listen to someone's idea and think, oh, that's a good idea, I'll do that. You wouldn't build a culture as your species is want to do and as your prefrontal cortex pretty much forces you to do. You wouldn't harm a tune. No, you wouldn't use an alphabet. <laughs> That's it, we've done, we're done. Yeah. I, I liked um, what Lord Cameron said, but he used the word niggardly, so I think you probably <laughs> won't allow him to say it anymore. <laughs> I think you should read You should read up the whole thing, because it is absolutely beautiful, but I think it's so well written, I'd stumble over it horribly. Okay, um, I, think, I think you're right. Do you, do you, can you re-IM me the link I sent you? Hang on, you put, you put it as a comment in the article, I'll just dig it out that way. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. I thought so. That is a good idea. Yes, the article. You see, we haven't introduced what we're talking about yet. Um, You posted a naughty article where you suggested that maybe public domain isn't just a paedophilic communist plot, but might have some value. And of course, a a lot of people were very angry with that subversive, nasty little suggestion of yours and came back and let you know. A few other people said they disagreed, but weren't sure why they disagreed, but it made them think. And that's good. And quite a few people have said have said how good they thought it was, which is very nice. And indeed, I just had an email from a developer saying that he's going to release his current game in the public domain in 10 years' time, as a consequence. Yeah. And you know what's quite um, amusing about it? Yes. Your, your proposal is mm-hmm. so reasonable, so arse-lickingly white bread. <laughs> I was, yeah. my, my proposal is so the problem with my proposal is that it's so within the current system it's yes. so saying it's 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 taking what is wrong and trying to just kind of squidge yeah. it and bend it into something that's slightly more right someone emailed me saying 
I just think that uh, a much better solution would be if if uh, all artistic works from video games to everything were, were state funded or public funded and then were never in anyone's copyright, were always public domain and mm. you paid people. And I was like, yes, I agree with your beautiful socialist ideal. But <laughs> if I'd argued that, <laughs> there would have been nothing. Well, the problem with your socialist ideal, of course, is that then you get people like Mr. Stalin telling composers uh, that they have to write happier tunes for the populace. Well, yes, I, I made it very clear that also he was from Canada. So I said, you live in a utopian ideal. You've got to understand it doesn't work that way in the rest of the world. Really? Live in a utopian ideal? Have you seen Mayor Ford? No, I, 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 Canada is obviously the new prime minister indeed. He's mm. not a good fellow. So, but it's in funny. Burning he's... down libraries, you know. But it was really interesting how this person was saying, I don't know if it's the same in the rest of the world, but, and he was talking about how he was suggesting a model like um, science funding. And I was thinking, oh my goodness, like, I know the crap that Laura has to go through for funding, mm. what her bosses do, and the awfulness in this country, the fact that Cameron said they're not going to fund things that aren't, don't have an immediate use in them. Yeah. Well, in actually, no, that was, your, that was actually your friend Vince Cable who said that, to be fair. And also, they and also Cameron and his friends said that they weren't going to sponsor art that wasn't immediate, didn't have a, couldn't demonstrate it was commercially viable. Mm. Well, you know, that's actually very similar to what Stalin said as well. It had to be work that was uplifting to the proletariat and represented their lives. You couldn't be arch. There, I mean, you've heard what my proposal is about science funding and all the thing. I would immediately nationalise all of the. Um, pharmaceutical companies in the world I just confiscate them nationalize them all and the reason i would do that is most of their the riskiest research they do is leeching off public funded and university research anyway mm-hmm. and the little bits that they do take and they then patent are not at a net value for society and the yes. hideous distortions that they uh, enforce on science with their well with everything that dr goldacre showed in bad pharma with hiding research, distorting research um, with their pharma reps and that kind of thing, they are a net bad for society. And when there is a, a utilitarian net bad, then you should rationally get rid of it. So let's get rid of, or fair. let's renationalize or, or nationalize all pharmaceutical companies. Can we do, can we do that by next week? Or do you it's think done. it'll... Oh, I've done okay. it. Oh. I did it while you were talking. So Glaxo is now owned by the people that's true so uh, luckily laura laura is currently employed by a university works in a hospital oh and by the way elsevier as well elsevier can go and screw themselves her previous funding was the bhf but do you know where laura worked for a year where about this she worked for pfizer oh right so i don't know you marry somebody who was evil i know i thought how's nick never come across the pfizer fact i think she keeps very quiet about it it was a placement year um during her university degree. So I imagine they're quite careful to hide all the evil bits from the students. They only show them the fluffy bits. Don't go in that room. That room is not for you. Come into this little fluffy pink room with, 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 the, with the cotton wool and, and, and the free, free smoothies. Don't worry about what's oozing under that door. Just keep away. Don't worry about what's in those drawers over there. <laughs> no, no, that's not, that, that's not screaming. That's, uh, someone's just brushing their hair. Yes, with, 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 with razors. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Oh well, there you are. So public domain then, eh? Hmm. Go on then. What, you got it? what? What is this public domain, John? I, I, sh- I don't understand it. Is it like a field where all the druggies go because nobody owns it, and it's got a little bit in the corner where people go make a wee wee? That's right. There's a, there's a tree. There's the wee wee tree. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just 
Imagine the green fields at Glastonbury, but without all that awful corporate stuff, man. Oh, yeah. It's just beautiful. Imagine no possession. <laughs> oh, no, sorry, I, I've just... Oh, sorry, I, sorry, I've just got to go go, go to... Um, go, go, go and do... Performing the Dakota, right to go to the Dakota building and give Yoko some money. One second. There you go, Yoko. Okay, good. Sorted. You didn't do a racist not voice for her. Is that better? Phew. <laughs> you bloody flidmong retard. That's what you called me on the internet. I did call you that because apparently that's what you're supposed to call people these days. I learned from your developer friend. Yes, indeed. Who the is that developer? developer? Called. He said it just could just me all copy anti copyright. Um, swear words are, are retards. Anybody who questions the utility of copyright in the modern networked age is a retard. It's yeah. just such an ugly... It's such a, a word that reveals so much about the person saying it, I feel. And then do you know what somebody else said? <laughs> More like free-tards. <laughs> in fact, I, to give him his dues, when shouted at by someone he is scared of, he did apologise for using that word. Oh, did he? Because initially he wasn't apologising He apologised privately to that person, not in general, but he did acknowledge that he shouldn't have said it. Kieran told him to be careful. Yeah. Mm. And when even Kieran is, jo- <laughs> is enjoined to tell you to stop saying things, you know you're in trouble. <laughs> yeah. He's such a naughty boy. So there has been a fairly reasonable response. There's also been the usual stupid people who have actually been saying things like you wouldn't steal a car in so many words, but those are just I've zombies. kept one of them open. My yeah. favourite response. Go on. He said, uh, "Well, before you do, let me just summarise for oh, people. Yes. You, you said um, after twenty years, come on, you, you've you've um, squeezed the pips now. Give it to everybody." Okay, so yeah, so the the, the idea being, that I said twenty years. It's I'm very reasonable. Said... I mean, it was fourteen years when Lord Camden was speaking. So well, you you you've given them uh, an extra uh, an extra six years. It was twenty one in uh, Anne Law thingy as well. Statute of Anne. Statute of Anne. But yeah, so it's the idea is that uh, creative works should re-enter the creative commons after a certain amount of time um it's how it was always meant to be how it's how it always was it's only in the last hundred or so years that it's changed thanks to that um, mr edison yes good old mr edison and his uh, prisons well he reified he reified um manifestations of culture on shellac and and, and celluloid and that's where the problem began because people began to confuse the physical manifestation of culture with culture itself exactly and, and we've so had that confusion that... today on Twitter. Right today was astonishing. And so for the, from, from that moment until, I, I would say, 1997 or 98, whenever Napster launched, I would say that was the moment when it undid. So everybody, who, everybody should read Eben Moglin's article from about that time, which was like a parody of the Communist Manifesto it started with, uh, which is an, an amazing article kind of predicting how the cultural industries would react and fall and, uh, oh, and coalesce. And it's, it's a very good piece. We'll, we'll, I'll, I'll provide you with a link which you can put into it, but it's a very entertaining uh, read, and he also performed it. Eben Moglin, who is a legal professor who also worked with um, Stallman to, make, to write the GPL. Oh, right. Hmm. Excellent. So yeah, so for that hundred or so years, culture was trapped on plastic and then it was freed again. And so we had this abhorrent blip in in culture. But during that blip, an enormous number of skyscrapers went up. Yes. Um, And a huge amount of false false consciousness was invested in. 
Yes, and so uh, incredible, and and because it lasted a long enough that enough generations went through it, people are now brought up under the belief that there is there is no other way that you can only have it if these corporations are in control and so on and so forth. So the idea is to say that let's 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 rethink this, let's start again and think about the public domain again. So after a certain, I said twenty years, and I also said it could be thirty, it can be whatever you want it to be, but it has to be something. Uh, the uh, uh, create your creation becomes enters back into the public domain it becomes the people's again it becomes the ideas the the content become goes back and is shared from the creative pool from which it was originally drawn. well the the um a good analogy is the soil in that you you've grown a certain number of crops you've benefited from those crops but then you need to retill the soil that allowed you to grow the crops in the first place because if you don't then eventually the soil becomes denuded of all the nutrients that you pull out of it and you yeah. never return. Yeah. So, mm. and I made a very mild argument for this, just, just explaining why I believed it was important and, and, and primarily just responding, because I'd made it as a throwaway comment in another post and I received some extraordinary fury from people suggesting that I didn't want developers to get paid because I said that they should only get paid for 20 years after they did the bit of work. Yes, exactly. Um, which is, which and was... so... It was an attempt to explain that, yes, I do want developers to get paid. I just don't want their grandchildren to get paid. Mm. Quite. Um, this is how Moglen wrote this uh, 11 years ago. Um, and it begins, a spectre is haunting multinational capitalism, the spectre of free information. All the powers of globalism has, have entered into an unholy alliance to exorcise the spectre. Microsoft and Disney, the World Trade Organization, the United States Congress and the European Commission. Where are the advocates of freedom in the new digital society who have not been decried as pirates, anarchists, communists? Have we not seen that many of those hurling the epithets were merely thieves in power whose talk of, quote, intellectual property, quote, was nothing more than an attempt to retain unjustifiable privileges in a society irrevocably changing? So that was obviously the parody of the... Um, of the, the beginning of the Communist Manifesto, and it goes on like that. It's certainly worth reading. And so something, something written in 2003, it's, it's yes. obviously still quite true. So you're going to read us Lord Camden's 1774 judgment? Um, yes, but let's, let, let's leave that for now, because I, okay. let's, let, let's read some of the responses that we've had today. For example, somebody posted today, and you should be ashamed... Yes. As a parody, a new RPS article complains about still having to pay for Coke when thirsty. They've owned the recipe for long enough now. I haven't seen this one. Where did this one appear? Somebody tweeted and then I responded to that person. Didn't, I don't didn't remember. Did get added at me? No, it wasn't added at you. They didn't want to go anywhere near you. So rude. Um, so uh, I, I pointed out a number of flaws with that wonderful parable. <laughs> um, uh, and one of the flaw, uh, you know, and there are quite a few flaws, but I just pointed out a few of them. For example, he, uh, he, he was confusing um, physical property with, uh, with cultural emanations. And his response to my pointing out the problem with the analogy began with, any copy of a copyrighted work is physical. Yes, it's true. And I said, think about that next time you're torrenting something. And he said, he's too old to torrent. <laughs> So I, I'm, I'm well and truly humbled there. Um, now, let's actually find out what's the problem with that little analogy. New RPS article complains about still having to pay for Coke when thirsty. They've owned the recipe for long enough now. One, a can of Coke isn't the recipe. 
it's a physical object which you can steal. Two, yes. you don't need to drink Coke when you're thirsty. You don't have to. Three, recipes are not allowed to be copyright. And four, the recipe isn't a secret. It was published in For God, Country and Coca-Cola. So all in all, um, it's, uh, it's, it's an amazingly um, clever little analogy which fails on almost every word. Live, as you were saying that, another one came in that I think is equally flawed. Go on then. Someone just tweeted me and not replying to anything in particular, just arriving into my, into my Twitter, says, Mark Zuckerberg would surely love that idea that his creation is public domain in 10 years. Totally. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think Mark Zuckerberg quite likes PHP and <laughs> Apache and the web and the millions of libraries he's used which are part of free culture or in public domain and TCP IP and HTTP and HTML. He probably does quite like those things. Yes, he probably does. I also love the 10 years because obviously they've just got confused by it being Facebook's 10th, 10th anniversary today. Hmm. But I'll tell you what else is quite amusing. The notion that just because you received all the source code to Facebook, you yes. go and put it on a server somewhere and start Facebook 2. <laughs> and it's the same with Coca-Cola. When somebody said to Coke, ha ha, we've got the, um, we, we, we've got your recipe now, or what are you going to do? And he said, go on, yeah. make, start, making, start making Coca-Cola 2. See, see how well that sells. Um, Hello, Super Bowl. He has $4 million just to push our brand forward. Exactly. And then so people got, do miss the point. Do you remember when all the supermarkets launched, they got they finally got the Coke recipe out of, uh, somehow, and they all launched their own Coca Colas, mm. and they all tasted revolting. Mm. Yes. And then there's Virgin Cola, of course. Is that still going? I imagine it's still served on Virgin Atlantic and nowhere <laughs> yes, else. Yes, probably. Oh dear! You know, if there were one thing that you could do in all of this just to disabuse people, because there are so many fallacies. People have been brainwashed so vehemently for the last hundred years. What would be the one fallacy that you would get rid of? Because there are a number. The, the biggest one is I, I want everybody to be a slave. And another big one is confusing physical with uh, non-corporeal. I think and it's... they're both so problematic that I don't know which one you need to deal with first. I think I think it's the latter. I think it's the... When something is infinitely duplicable, you cannot sensibly or usefully compare it with property, a bowl or a table. Or okay, well, I'm glad to hear that because that was paper. that was the focus of my paper that I wrote in 2006. I just wanted to demolish coherently and finally the notion that intellectual property is in any sense uh, a, a property beyond a confusing and intentionally problematizing um, metaphor. But I wasn't the first to to say this. Um, and now, now maybe we will. Re I will quote re read what Lord Camden in. You see, mm -hmm. in seventeen, he was very anti the extension of copyright because in seventeen seventy four, originally the Stationers Guild um, were given the right before the revolution, were given right. the right to um, run all the printing presses and to stop anybody else from making copies. Hence, copyright. Uh, and as part of this little deal, a bit like the Cameron Wall, they would make sure that only the right sort of things were printed. Mm -hmm. so, so copyright started as a kind of censorship protection racket. For the if, Catholics? Well, no, it wasn't quite for the Catholics. Um, it, it was, a, uh, it was a, bit, a bit more complicated than that. Okay, fair enough, uh, but it was an anti-Protestant. Well, 
uh, anti certain sort of Protestants and so yes. And it was before the Glorious Revolution, and while the, and the deal was the king would would say nobody else is allowed to print these books, so you'll get all the money for that particular book. And if anybody else tries to print that copy of that book, you can go and duff them up and smash up their printing presses. The yes. corollary to that is we'll agree that only a certain sort of book gets printed. So, you know, it's a nice little deal. The, 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 the king gets a free police force, the printers get a monopoly, and it's called copyright. Mm-hmm. Lovely. Um, then, during, and, and the, the patent system had started earlier as a similar kind of abuse. Kings would want to um, raise money for, to go to war. So they would say, okay, anybody who wants to manufacture a new sort of widget, come to me. And I'll give you letters patent, which means that if anybody else tries to manufacture that, um, um, we'll, we'll, we'll duff them up. Yeah. And they'll be committing a crime. And in exchange, you give me money and I'll get to spend that money having a war. So that's how patents start. So both of these started in a very unpleasant sort of way, which you should probably think of in the same way that you think of ridiculous things like window taxes and things like that yeah. these days. Yeah. It was part of that corrupt medieval uh, mindset. And, and, and actually what's quite interesting is that um, that was one of the impetuses to the to Oliver Cromwell's revolution. These petty regulations and petty taxations and petty patents and monopolies, and they were seen as corrupt. So the whole lot was swept away during the Grolish Revolution. You can imagine what the Stationers Guild, who were the, the Guild of Printers, said about this. Mm. So very cleverly what they did is they switched tactics and they said, oh, boo-hoo, poor <laughs> authors. And they literally would come, and, and, and one of the, uh, and they were appealing to, um, the uh, House of Lords at the time to say, well, actually, um, copyright shouldn't be seen as a monopoly license. It should be seen as an extension on common law property. Uh, it should just be considered in the same way that a house is considered property that you can give to your children and you keep forever. That's what our copyright should be. And boo-hoo the, uh, boo-hoo the authors. And as um, Lord Camden, who was one of the lords who was totally against us, said, you know, we, we've watched these uh, uh, publishers bring bring their wives and their poor starving children to petition Parliament, crying about how they'll they Parliament wants them not to make a living by uh, not extending copyright ever further and perhaps making it heritable and that kind of thing. And he was he was very angry about this. Um, yes, and uh, and one, and the various publishers were one of the publishers was called Thompson, another one was called Lintot, and so on. So I and the reason I said that is I I'll, I think I'll just quote directly from what Lord Camden said in mm-hmm. seventeen seventy four. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, publici juris, by the way, is a a public right like the the right to the water in the sea. It's not owned by anybody, and it's not really something that you're going to be petty about apportioning property rights to for obvious reasons. Okay. okay, I think you should also in advance explain what scrituum nihil est nisi ti siquioxiat alta means. Why? Because I, I don't know what it means. I think everybody knows what that means, John. It, everyone you? except me, so I need to know too. <laughs> really? Yes, come on, you speak Latin, translate. Do you really? Do you know? I mean, it's quite, it's quite a um, it's quite a famous phrase. Uh, I genuinely me, don't know what it means. If you're stalling for time, that's fine. If you know, no, no, I want to translate it. Okay, scream to him. Your knowledge is worth nothing where no one else knows knows that you know it. Ah, good. Right. Yeah. Okay. okay. Go for it. Okay. Right. Um, if there be anything 
in the world common to all mankind, science and literature are, in their nature, publici juris, and they ought to be free and general as air or water. They forget their creator as well as their fellow creatures who wish to monopolize his noblest gifts and greatest benefits. Why did we enter into society at all but to enlighten one another's minds and improve our faculties for the common welfare of the species? Those great men, those favoured mortals, those sublime spirits who share that ray of divinity which we call genius are entrusted by providence with the delegated power of imparting to their fellow creatures that instruction which heaven meant for universal benefit. They must not be niggards to the world or hoard up for themselves the common stock. We know what was the punishment of him who hid his talent, and providence has taken care that there shall not be wanting the noblest motives and incentives for men of genius to communicate to the world the truths and discoveries, which are nothing if uncommunicated. Knowledge has no value or use for the solitary owner. To be enjoyed, it must be communicated. Scrire tuum nihil est, nisi te scrire hoc sciat alter. Glory is the reward of science, and those who deserve it scorn all meaner views. I speak not of the scribblers for bread who tease the world with their wretched productions. Fourteen years is too long a period for their perishable trash. It was not for gain that Bacon, Newton, Milton, Locke instructed and delighted the world. When the bookseller offered Milton five pounds for his paradise lost, he did not reject the offer and commit his piece to the flames, nor did he accept the miserable pittance as the reward of his labours. He knew that the real price of his work was immortality and that posterity would pay it. Some authors are as careless of profit as others are rapacious of it. And in what a situation would the public be with regard to literature if there were no means of compelling a second impression of a useful work? All our learning would be locked up in the hands of the Tonsons and the Lintots of the age, who could set what price upon it their avarice demands till the whole public become as much their slaves as their own wretched hackney compilers. That was now 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 what's what's quite funny about that is he's being a real idealistic uh romantic communist there compared to what you were suggesting. And can you imagine if he'd written that on rock paper shotgun? It was yeah. I mean, I just think it's breathtaking. I think it's such beautiful writing as I mean the point is is moving and wonderful and captures it all so perfectly, but it's just so beautifully written. Yeah, but 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 also those people who dare to suggest that these are new or novel articles or ideas just listen yes. to yes. just just listen to that sort of thing that was being discussed at that particular point in time 230 years ago uh, and he also said he so said 40, 240 years ago he said he also said every man has the right to his ideas most certainly every man who thinks has a right to his thoughts um but what if he speaks and let them fly out in private or public discourse? Will he claim the breath, the air, the words in which his thoughts are clothed? Where does this fanciful property begin or end or continue? Oh. You know, this, this is said 
why are we, do we still have people <laughs> no, tweeting it, in 2014, confusing the property, when in 1774 it was dealt with in beautiful words, prob- and that would probably fit into 144 characters. <laughs> Fancy, where does this fanciful pr- property begin, end or continue? That's all you need to say. Lord Camden's my new hero. And, th- and, and yet still today we've got people saying, <laughs> you wouldn't steal a car. Oh, <laughs> shut up. That's, and that's the point I made in my piece is that that, that fallacy of you wouldn't steal a car drives me crazy. It was because, yes, I know I probably wouldn't steal a car, but I would also absolutely not tolerate anyone who said that they had ownership over the concept, the idea of cars themselves. Oh, what was, yes, the concept of idea of cars themselves are worse than that. Um, somebody who, it was interesting, and again, I think Moglen used this analogy, people always make the right the correct point that okay it's because it's physical that there's a difference between physical and intellectual manifestations because of course if you sing a song the song doesn't disappear from its owner it's like a flame it just spreads um it's not like if if i sing uh, happy birthday to you it suddenly stops being available in another room um so (laughs) but about and he said an interesting thought experience what if you could make a machine which at no cost to you or anybody else, were able to replicate good nutritious food ad infinitum, and you could yes. provide this. To, would it not be utterly immoral not to provide that machine to the world and to the starving people of the world? You you would have to find a very peculiar argument to prevent that from being disseminated. Yes, uh, indeed. Which um, is very much the argument used against companies like Glaxo, isn't it? When they hmm. have va- vaccines. Which effectively, and, and so they say the, this, our imaginary property, which is the patents, causes us to want to uh, uh, artificially to restrict the distribution of this genuine property, which provides substantial uh, help to people who are suffering. And the argument that people make is, Glaxo needs to eat dinner, which is <laughs> fine. But what, what, how what people aren't questioning is, if this model of providing Glaxo's dinner has such a cruel outcome, can we not have the imagination even to begin to rethink if there's a less cruel model that can still give Glaxo dinner can also stop people from suffering hideously because of the way they've decided they need to make the money for that dinner and that's a step that people aren't prepared to make it's almost as if the notion of this government supplied monopoly is a priori it cannot be questioned it is a catechism and therefore the discussion has to be had with the assumption that that is the basis of the discussion and we're just tinkering with small modifications of that discussion and that's what was quite extraordinary about the response to your article in as much as you were not going anywhere near what Lord Camden was going you were saying uh, maybe after 20 years we might be allowed to play a video game without uh, being completely restricted in stupid ways Uh, there are very few video games that after 20 years are going to be substantially rewarding to their creator in a financial way. There are a couple of examples, but there are very few. Yes, and and those that are, even those that are, are not exactly going to provide an eternal pension. Let's be very honest. And Um, if you made the number 30, none. Yes. So 
so we must be and even then we 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 do not constrict the whole society for the benefit of a few lottery winners you know that's that's yes. effectively what we're doing at the moment we are putting massive government monopolies on huge swathes of culture in order that one or two more people every decade might win a particular lottery, which is ludicrous. Because you actually ask the majority of developers, the majority of authors, what their experience is in the system, the great majority, and they have nothing but bitter words to say about the middlemen who um, impinge on their so-called copyrights and so forth. Uh, And as for 70 years after their death, let's not be ridiculous. Uh, Now, I've just been looking, I've just been looking, and the current... Uh, Marquess of Camden mm-hmm. is uh, David George Edward Henry Pratt. He's the sixth Marquess of Camden, mm-hmm. and he is now eighty-four years old. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering whether you got his permission to read out that work. That's true. Actually, we just broadcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh dear, I-, I better go down to Camden Town and <laughs> yes. tender tender my penance. Go blimey, Governor! You'll say to him in your pearly suit. Uh, and I'll I'll tug my forelock. Yes. The heir apparent is the present holder's son, James William John Pratt, Earl of Brecknock. Oh, right. Brecknock if, Road if, is, if, in, if, uh, is in Tufnell if, Park. If uh, George Henry, Edward Henry Pratt is, you know, 80, 84 years old, he may, may be getting on a bit. Mm. Yes. He may still jump in the air and click his heels together. I have no idea. Oh, John, any copy of a copyrighted work is physical. It's physical. Like, here's an example of that. Uh, careful. Physical. Oh no, ow! Ow, you hit me with that song you were singing. <laughs> Sorry, it fell on your head, did it? It did, quite a real clunk. Can you give it back now, please? By Hang the on. way. Here you go. Let's get physical. Thanks. There you go. Thanks. Excellent. So now I've got it back. We, we can kind of throw it to each other like, like ping pong. Actually, no, I've, I, I heard that um, Heart FM needs it. Okay, can you put it, pop, pop it in an envelope? And put it in the post, and they should be able to play it by tomorrow afternoon. Lovely. Do Absolutely send it first lovely. class, though, because we don't want the we don't want it getting lost. A Bulgarian might pick it up. It's true. And then he'll be busking it on the street. <laughs> can you mm. imagine? I can imagine. <laughs> I so wish it worked that way. <laughs> which song Phil, would you? Phil which... Collins having to to ha- drive his his new song from radio station to radio station. <laughs> yes. And then, and then, if somebody happened to start humming it, he, he'd have to wait until they stopped humming it before he could perform it at his concert. <laughs> Nobody join in, please. I'm trying to sing my song. <laughs> All together now. Oh, bugger. <laughs> Can you be calling in the air tonight? Oh, Lord. I mean, there are ridiculous court cases where people actually count the number of notes that have been repeated and they decide whether that's a sufficient number of notes to oh, yeah. breach and that kind of thing. It, and, of, of course, the very famous uh, tale of the four minutes and whatever of silence by John Cage, yes. which was pirated. The pirated. Stones versus Oasis as well. They pirated and the science, the, the silence. The, the silence, yes. This is the sound of piracy. I like There's the another, oh, idea. That, that hit you in the eye. I like it did. I like poked me. I like the idea of Laura as science as well. That mm. the reward of science is glory. So she's certainly not doing it for money. Let's be honest. Well, not an enormous amount. No. No. Can you please, John? Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. can you please tell me yes. why you want all creative people please, please to go to a concentration camp? Tell me why. Sorry, Ben. Tell me why, tell me why. Do you want all developers to go to concentration camps and starve to death? Uh-huh. Do you know, people got very cross with the uh, little device I use. People referred to it as some sort of sub-Socratean... I was just... No. I was just writing the kind you, of questions people keep asking me and then answering uh, them. Exactly. I mean, you and, and, and you couldn't um, use anything that was, that was based on Socrates because his, his uh, descendants would come down on you like a pile of bricks. I wouldn't dare. No. Um, Hilo Socrates, who, who lives in uh, Crete, would be very angry. So the first... <laughs> first three questions i think are very reasonable so the questions i i, I imagined i was being asked were people need yeah. finance to a financial incentive to create if you take that away it will harm creativity and i get very cross about that question yeah then uh, why shouldn't someone have to get get to own their own ideas they create them after all and I, I try to address that and then why but why shouldn't someone be allowed to continue profiting from their idea for as long as they're alive and i argue why that's problematic and then i say i can't believe you're arguing that developers shouldn't be able to profit from their games Mm-hmm. And the reason I put that there is because after the last one, in which I had said the opposite, I was arguing for how long mm-hmm. developers should profit from their games, people mm-hmm. said, I can't believe, and repeatedly, and famous developers and all sorts, mm-hmm. tweeting how I was saying that they shouldn't be allowed to profit from the games. And for date, Cliff Belinsky, the... Mm-hmm. Uh, no, hang on, which one? No, Cliff, Cliffy B, the... I can't forget which one's which. Cliffy B, the one from Epic. The one who, uh, the one who, who, who said that everybody who questions copyright is a retard. No, 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 the other one. Okay. Um, he said that it does, I don't do people realise that developers need to eat and pay their mortgage and so I said that's why I said I can't believe that you're arguing developers shouldn't be able to profit from their games then the next question is but people who work deserve to get paid and then the, third, the next one is you're a hypocrite because writing is a creative industry and you don't give all your writing away for free and you get paid and you're ugly Mm-hmm. And then the final one is, so what would you like, what do you want to see change then, apart from developers not getting paid for their work? So people got very cross about this repeated joke, because almost as if I were, so I was parodying the fact that people don't listen to the argument and just assume I'm making this far simpler one. Yes, but the they do that, that but they res- do that all the time. And then, indeed, the fact that people have responded to this article by saying I don't want developers to get paid <laughs> is yeah. my favourite thing about it. John, yes, you 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 don't want scribes and furriers to get paid. This person tweeted, disappointed that the editor of Rock Paper Shot put out what is effectively a f creative people for wanting to get paid article. Hmm, which is exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but that shows, uh, and I don't use the word for the word the phrase false consciousness or brainwash lightly. No, but uh, that's the only representation, mental representation of that sort of mindset that I think rings true to me, because you can't even go through the subheadings and not be shaken out of your stupor, yes. and 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 then still write that. It's it's incredible. It's these propaganda terms that have been bashed and bashed and bashed. But I mean, the, the the primary propaganda term is, of course, intellectual property itself, because you're immediately begging the question, but not allowing the question to be begged by, by you say, well, of course, it's property, because I'm calling it property. So there you are. That solves yes. all the problems, except for all these myriad ways it doesn't act as property uh, and, and, is, and acts as a license. But, but, but that's for lawyers to worry about. Don't worry your pretty little head about that. It's property. So yes, you should, you, you, you should, you should talk about stealing it. Someone replies to him, to be fair, it's more F creative people for wanting to still get paid for stuff they did 30 years ago, to which he mm. replies, nope, it is not. 
Fair enough. <laughs> Which is absolutely brilliant. And then my best, the best bit of all um, is that, yeah, he, to prove that, he says, he quotes when I say, I think this argument is so astronomically false that my hat flies clean off my head when I read it. I wrote mm. that in response to people aren't creative without a financial incentive. Uh, a paragraph that began that way and ended by saying, but of course people who make their living this way do need a financial incentive. I made that distinction. Um, no, then, don't then, need, don't need, would, would like, would otherwise like, they have to yes, make their living absolutely. another way. They're not owed it, they would just like no. it. I would like, I like it very much so that I get paid to be creative. And that's the point of all this. I have a creative job. I write, it's creative industry, and I get paid. I'm very glad that I do. I John, can I, John, I, I think I deserve the right to be paid to go on cruises all year and to learn how to play um, Bach to Carters. I think I've got the right to earn my living that way. I do actually agree with you. And, and I'm sickened that anybody should suggest that I don't have that right immediately to get lots of cash for doing that. So can you arrange that as well as the nationalisation yeah. of the pharmaceutical, the pharmaceutical industry? Pharmaceutical industry no problem at all. So this, this person arguing then goes on to say, so he's arguing for shorter copyright terms. I happen to agree that life plus 70 is ridiculous. And so I see that line, but all his actual arguments seem to be for shorter terms. And his response to this is, well, yeah, sure, he uses flattering examples, but his argument equally applies... His argument applies equally well for effing over someone who made something last week. Except so, it doesn't. It's, I know, but that's the degree to which... That, the reason I read this... You see, that's where I'm we're different. Naming this person. I don't know who they are. I don't wish to publicly mock but them. But you see, John, that's where we're different. Because actually, uh, I'm all for effing them over immediately. Not because I want to eff them over, but actually, I, unlike you, I just want to give the whole thing a shake and start oh, again well, yeah. and, and see what happens. So I'm quite happy... For there to be a time of substantial disruption, like after the Glorious Revolution, and like at the foundation of America, where America ignored all of Europe's patents. That's one of the reasons America grew so strong. So I would actually like something devastatingly disruptive, because actually as a species, paradoxically, that's when we're most creative. Yes, oh my true. goodness, we're in this brave new world where nothing goes anymore and it's completely different and there are a million new problems and a million new opportunities. And another funny thing, never mind communism, that is exactly the sort of environment in which capitalism comes into its own because the oh, little yeah. tricky mammalian part of our brain says, everybody's seeing a problem here, but I can see an amazing opportunity. Um, and that's what I'd like. But of course, to even begin to think about that, you, you get thrown in prison um, under Theresa May's new laws. So, yes, merely arguing for 20 years is what you were doing. You were playing the safest pair of cards. You know, you, you were you were kind of slightly raising the uh, r- raising the pot with two aces. <laughs> and, and they're saying, you risky tosser. I can't believe you're doing that. Um, and and that's what the peculiarity is. And yet still he responds like that. Uh, there is no cogent argument against no. bringing down copyright terms. It's ludicrous. Yes, uh, of course, of course. And 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 um, b- b- bizarrely, um, a number of mu- when they when they increased copyright uh, before um, in in America, you know, the Mickey Mouse Copyright Act, mm-hmm. and um, when uh, what's his name came in and testified that if 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 he hadn't realised that his work would only persist 50 years after he died, he wouldn't have written it. Who said that, i.e. when he was arguing for 70 years? I don't know. I'll give, I'll, I'll give you a clue. Uh-huh. Somebody who st- stole, in quote marks, a lot from folk music. The times... Oh, no, not Bob Dylan. Yes, his argument was, 
he might well not have written any of his lovely songs if he'd have thought, hmm, this will only be copyright 50 years after my death. If it were 70, on the other hand, I'm ready to put Quill to parchment. I'm ready to copy these songs if I get to keep them. No, we get to keep them. After I'm dead. Yeah, but 50 years, mm, 70 years, let's go ahead. As a ghost. And that was was Bob Dylan. (laughs) The cheek of it. Now he makes, that must be why he makes wrought iron gates now. You can't download those. No. You wouldn't wouldn't download a gate. (laughs) Right, it's time to stop. It is time to stop. And if anybody dare copy anything we've said on this podcast... I am going to send the ghost of Jimmy Savile up your bum. <laughs> and we have a title for the episode. Yes. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>